0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Southland Speaks, a podcast where we invite our Southland peers to share their stories and insights on topics that will help you grow as a leader and as a person. I'm your host, Mark Sodel, and I'm joined, as always, by John Buck. I can't tell you all how excited I am to be recording our first episode of Southland Speaks. And with everyone setting their annual goals and New Year's resolutions, it's only appropriate that our first episode is going to focus on goals, but from a little different perspective.
1: Yeah, Mark, uh, I'm wondering, did you set a big goal for this year?
0: You know, I think my biggest goal this year is to try to focus a lot more on my mental health. And by doing that, kind of setting up some routines in the morning, like doing some yoga. I've been doing a gratitude journal, um, just those types of things to help you kind of get in the right state of mind to start the day. I
1: love that. I think my main goal is mostly centered around physical. I'm going to try and lose a little weight, uh, but awesome. then also we're going to little focus on the little things that need to happen in order for me to lose weight. But a lot yes. of that's centered around exercises. And speaking of exercise, what's the most challenging physical feat you've ever accomplished?
0: Well, it's been a while now, almost about 15 years, but I did run a marathon before. I think um, most recently, it's really just I do some recreational running just to try to stay in shape.
1: That's great. Uh, mine was probably back when I graduated high school. I was in the Air Force. Um, doing the basic training for the Air Force was challenging. But uh, I, I tell you, our feats are nothing compared to what uh, our guest is going to or share with us today. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, I think what she's done is a little bit more impressive. So with that, why don't we get started? Our guest today is Juliana Falzone, who recently completed an Ironman, which is incredible. And we're going to talk with her about her experiences training for an Ironman and how she applies the lessons learned from that routine and goal setting strategies into her career goals as a project manager at Southland. So welcome to the show, Juliana. We're excited to have you here.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So first of all, congratulations on completing an Ironman. I mean, that's amazing. I think, Um, and just to kind of level set for the people who are listening, would you mind just kind of explaining what an Ironman entails?
2: Uh, Yeah, so thanks. Um, An Ironman triathlon is a swim, bike, run sport. Um, It's the longest of the ones that I know of. I'm sure there's crazy people that do more than that. Um, And the one that I did was a 2.4-mile swim. It was a 116-mile bike. Most of them are 112 and a twenty-six point two mile run, so a full marathon.
0: Yeah. So, you know, just to make it easy, <laughs> just finish with the marathon, right?
2: That's
0: yeah, easy, no big deal. <laughs> right. Which I mean, just to put that in perspective, that's basically like swimming, biking, and running your way from DC to Philly almost. Yep. Which is wild. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um so what how how did you first even get started in triathlons?
2: Uh yeah. So when I went to college, I went down to North Carolina State. Um, I found the triathlon team at a club sports event and I liked all the people that I met. The captains were really cute. Um, and I joined the team really because of that silly. Um, and then I stuck with it because it was the most fun sport I could have ever tried to do. It's, um, it's a team sport, but it's really individual. So you have a nice community around you, but everything is really your own responsibility, which is what I like about it. Yeah,
0: that's wild. So no real experience previously with triathlons no
2: my first race i rented a commuter bike from school (laughs) i ran in Skechers shape ups and i doggy paddled the whole thing so
0: yeah (laughs) like throwing yourself into it that's yeah (laughs) amazing yeah and so what was what was the first event you did
2: the first thing i did was in 2012 it was wilmington ymca it was a little sprint triathlon and everyone told me I'd be fine in open water, the swim would be fine, and I had never been so happy to touch dry land ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that would be the, the hardest part would be is the swim, too, especially open water swims are super, yeah. super challenging. So oh, yeah. you, and you maybe you touched on this a little bit, but how did something that you started kind of on a whim become such a passion of yours?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I started and I was really doing sprints and Olympics. And then after I graduated, I moved here to DC. I'm out of our mid Atlantic office and I started to train with a coworker, drew Nicholas. Uh, we trained for a half Ironman man together. It was really hard and training with just the two of us. And we didn't really have a good plan and we're young and 22 years old. You can really just do it a few months before. Um, and then I we joined a team here, and that really sunk in for me. Seeing people from 20 years old to 70 years old can do this right. sport, and it really there's no there's no barrier to entry. Uh, that's what I love about it, and that's why I've kind of stuck with it as much as I have.
1: Yeah. So Juliana, real quick, you had mentioned sprint, Olympic, and then Ironman. What are the what are the differences between the three different uh, different events?
2: Yeah. So from shortest to longest, a sprint. Is a uh, a half mile swim ish, a twelve ish mile bike, and a five k, so a three mile ish run. Um, An Olympic is what you see when you watch the Olympics. It's a fifteen hundred meter swim, about a twenty five mile bike, and a ten k, so a six point two mile run. And then half iron is one point two mile swim, fifty six mile bike, half marathon, and then full Ironman is what I said earlier.
0: Yeah. It's wild. I've, I've run a marathon before. I can't imagine trying to do all three of those there at aren't. the same time. I mean, that would just be in, intense. Uh, yeah. I would definitely need a lot of help with the swimming thing because I would maybe be doggy paddling more like yeah. you said on your, <laughs> on your first event. Um, so you, you said with when you started with Drew, you were maybe – you think you said you were training for a half mm-hmm. Ironman, but you didn't really have a good plan. So how did you set yourself up for success with this
2: Yeah. With, yeah so... once, you,
0: once you decided to go into the Ironman?
2: The the first thing I did was join a team. I I do better when I'm with people that share similar goals. Um, so it was easy for all of us to kind of hold each other accountable as we went through. And we have a coach with a training plan. And none of us are rock star athletes. We're not out there setting records. Uh, so it was nice to have a, a community to do it with. That was the um, that was the winner for me. That's that's that was my plan. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so with the team, you mentioned like holding each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions was I have is I would imagine that there were times where when do you typically train actually? So do you normally train in the morning or do you normally train like after work or did it vary?
2: Yeah, so it definitely varied, sometimes both. Um, I I swam in the mornings and that was really the only thing I could do to like make sure that I was swimming was to sign up yeah. for something, pay for something and show up twice a week. Um, so that would be twice a week at about five five thirty in the morning, and then yeah, um, we do a lot on the weekends. So usually uh, during the work week, you fit in what you can, and it's shorter workouts. And then on the weekends, my Saturday could be spent up to eight hours riding a bike and four hours running. So right. it was uh, it was a lot. <laughs> and there
0: had to be sometimes during that plan when either you had to get up early in the morning or you're trying to do a workout after work or something like that. And you're just like, you know what? I, I just can't do it today. Yeah. How did you overcome that? Cause I think that's what's challenging sometimes is getting over that hump.
2: Yeah. So one of two ways, the first is buck up and do it. <laughs> um So But really hard to be consistent with something, right? So once I got into a good rhythm with it, it was a little bit easier, at least for waking up before work. It it honestly was a lot easier to do than doing it after work, because once you're done for the day, it's really hard. Um, But making sure that I was giving myself enough. uh, I don't like the term work-life balance, but giving myself a work-life balance really helped there. And then on the days where it wasn't happening, I really just allowed myself the grace to, okay, we're going to take a day off. We're going to pick it back up tomorrow. It's just one workout. It's not the end of the world. So,
0: sure.
2: yeah, it's it's a mindset more than it's the fitness for a lot of Ironman. Obviously, you have to be a certain level of fitness to do one or you have to be sure. prepared enough. But if your head's not in it, it's it's pretty hard.
1: So you're yeah. saying I shouldn't go out tomorrow and try and do an Ironman? I should start maybe something smaller with, like, oh, I don't know, a, a, a 5K?
0: Oh, yeah.
2: I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing an Ironman tomorrow.
0: <laughs> right. You're just going to wake up and go on an eight-hour ride, basically. That's good. <laughs> note, note to self.
2: Yeah.
0: So you, I mean, you mentioned just, like, buck up and do it. But, and then, yes, I, I definitely understand that. But yeah. what does that sound like? in your head? Because I'm sure it wasn't just like, all right, just do it. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll do it. Like,
2: yeah. That so, like? That, that's a good point. It, it was a lot of short-term goal setting. Um, For me, it was if I could commit to um, checking off a few boxes in my to-do list every week, if I had two swims in, if I had two bikes in, I'd be like super proud of myself at the end of the week. And I knew that I'd be upset if I didn't get there. So that was a really good way to do it, and then just thinking about the end goal, right? Like, I'm I'm doing all of this for a reason. I'm not just putting myself through this physical trauma because right. for fun. <laughs> right. There's there's a race at the end of this, so it's nice to know that it paid off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can I can see that. So, setting that long term vision, but then sort of breaking that down. A little bit yeah. to say, like, all right, this week I need to make sure I at least get these two things in, whether or not – or two swims in. So if you skipped it for one day or another, like you said, giving yourself some grace, yeah. you know, just but making sure you still fit it in somewhere. And that's how you could kind of, like, stop to make sure that you're keeping track and, and getting to where you want to be.
2: Yeah. And a big thing for me, I while I was training, I wasn't necessarily training for the Ironman itself, there's a big weekend before it that we all kind of hyped each other up on our team. It's we call it the 2120 weekend, but it's our longest training weekend. You bike 120 miles and you run 20 on a Saturday and a Sunday. And so while I was training, I wasn't necessarily thinking about getting super prepared for the race itself, but I like set a different milestone to hit and that right. made it a lot easier as well. Yeah,
0: so. I could definitely see that. Yeah. You mentioned also the mindset of things, and so setting yourself up for that weekend where you had to bike 120 miles and run <laughs> 20, or whatever. Like, how do you, how did you get prepared for that mentally?
2: <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it was a lot of fear at first of, oh my god, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Right. Um, but once we started hitting the 70 miles 80 miles we're slowly building out to it so it was easier to be like you know this isn't that far out of reach i think i could do this i've run a marathon before so i know i can run this distance so i just need to make sure i have enough food with me and i should be fine um of course when we did this weekend since our race is in september we were in the thick of august heat Um. and Um, None of us made it to 120 miles, which was good because we were all in the right mindset of, like, we don't need to power through this and potentially get heat stroke when we can call (laughs) it a day at 100 and know that we did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. It's funny to hear you talk about those distances because they're so long and you're like well you <laughs> got to like 70 and 80 Maybe yeah you could you could get to 100 or 120 it
2: still sounds long and being a few months out of it thinking about doing that in a few days i i wouldn't want to do that right. <laughs>
1: What's funny to me is hearing somebody say, "I hope I just packed enough food for my run." I mean, yeah. that right there is a pretty shocking thing. Where you know, I, I can go about six, seven hours without a meal, but when you're burning that much calories yeah. doing the run, I suppose you need to definitely yeah. keep keep your nutrition up while you're while you're in the midst. Oh
2: yeah. So I, I mean, I'm I'm a project manager. I live and die by an Excel sheet. So we had. I had sheets for what I wanted my pace to be when I needed to eat what foods and what order I wanted to eat things in. So right. it's a, it's a lot of that type of planning. Do you
1: listen to music when you, uh, when you are out on runs like that? No. I couldn't <laughs> eat- Wow.
2: Yeah. So, uh, before, and if I'm training for something that isn't a triathlon, sure I'll put my headphones in if I feel like it. Um, one, uh, it's not allowed during a Mm -hmm. triathlon because there's so many police officers out patrolling the roads. And especially if you're on your bike, that's like big safety hazard. Right. Um, But I don't mind running without headphones anymore. That was a hard barrier to get over. But once you get over it, you're like, oh, wow, it's actually like nice being out in nature and going on a run.
0: (laughs) So what was one of the craziest things that maybe went through your mind while you were out on one of those long runs? Because I'm sure your mind starts to Wander oh. a little bit. What was you?
2: You run the gamut. I mean, from thinking about what's going on at my job site to thinking about what did my dad eat for breakfast this morning, <laughs> four hundred miles away. I I don't know. It, it, it was quite a lot. Um, a lot of time even, to think. It was a lot of inter. Uh, it It was a lot of personal thought, so yeah, you really start to like get to know yourself a little bit more. It's much easier when you have a buddy and you're both running at a talking pace, so right. that helped a lot, but the yeah. ones by yourself are tough
0: um, uh, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> what do you think outside of maybe those lonesome runs, what do you think were some of the biggest challenges you faced when you were when you were training?
2: Um, definitely getting in the right mindset. Um, I, I know I had a few big baby breakdowns of, uh, why did I do this? It's so stupid. (laughs) Nobody should be doing this to themselves. Um, and I, I had to keep telling my coach that I thrive on positive affirmation. So just tell me that you're proud of me and tell me I'm doing a good job and I'll stick with anything. Um, so that helped a lot. Um, but that getting in the right mindset, I don't think there's anything harder than that, even with work. I mean, if you're if you show up and you know you're going to have a bad day, you're going to have a bad day. So right. making sure that you can go into something with enough time for yourself to be like, OK, I'm I know what I'm signing up for. I can do this. I'm capable. That's that's the biggest game changer. Yeah,
0: I love that because you're right. I mean, your mindset kind of dictates your actions potentially and and how you react. Like so if you go into you're going to have a bad day, you're going to have a bad day if you start off a run. And you're like, well, t- this is going to be a bad one, right? What's going to happen? It's <laughs> yeah. probably going to be a bad one. <laughs> yeah, And uh that's huge, I think, um trying to get that mindset right. And I think w- w- what I like, because I definitely run recreationally. I don't do lots of marathons, those kinds of things. But I think what I like about it is and what I heard you say about breaking down those, like, shorter-term goals and really starting and building yourself up is you get to a point where, you know, You've you've run that distance so many times, like you were saying, I've done 70 miles, 80 miles, I know I can do a hundred. So you go on those long runs and maybe a lot of people talk about like hitting the wall or whatever, but you can work your way through that, I think, by thinking, like, I've done this so many yeah. times in the past. It's only this distance. I'm only getting from I need ten more miles, right? And I've done 10 miles yeah. hundreds of times during yeah. this <laughs> session. Like I can definitely get through that. So
2: for sure.
0: And you know, I like speaking of that and like taking that making maybe a transition now from how you can apply some of these things to your work. And you've sprinkled that in a little bit during this discussion. I think one of the things that's the most challenging thing with like career goals is like when you went to go sign up for an Ironman, you can probably Google like training plans and you can find a lot of different things to pick from. So setting a plan is relatively easy. Seeing that plan through and executing it is incredibly difficult. Absolutely. But like, But finding the plan, you can probably search and find some different options. That doesn't really exist in, like, what we're doing for a career. I mean, you might know sort of where you want to go next, but, like, the road you need to take to get there isn't so easy. So maybe how do you carry over some of the things that you've learned from your Ironman and triathlons into your career, your goal setting in your career?
2: Yeah. um, I think for triathlon training, Ironman training, Part of it for me was making sure that I was pacing myself enough to not get burnt out. And I think that's the biggest example of how I apply this to work. Um, it's a, We're in a really crazy industry and burnout is so common. Um, making sure that you're pacing yourself, not, not even just throughout the day. I mean, everyone has a crazy day every once in a while, but sure. career-wise, I mean, there's a lot of people would very much like to climb a ladder very fast. That's not always the right answer if if you don't have the skills that you need to climb fast, maybe take a step back and talk to a few different people and see you see what else is there i mean i've I've tried to gain as much project management knowledge as I can but I don't think I should be an operations manager tomorrow right. um, there's there's so many steps right. to get there um, so making sure that you're you're on track at a steady pace. You have a big goal in mind for where you want to be and maybe and that can change. I mean, sure. it doesn't have to be the same thing forever. Maybe when you first start out, you think you want to stay on operations, uh, just talking about the two core functions of Saplin, and maybe you hate it after a few years and pivot to design. It's it's right. possible. There's we're we're a pretty cool company with that and I think that's like Absolutely. the best thing about being here and translating that mindset to this I mean I don't have to be locked into one thing I can I can kind of make my own path as I go and just reminding myself that when things get hard is refreshing
0: yeah absolutely so one of the things that you mentioned back there was you know saying that you're staying on track and I again like making the correlation between training you can say I was supposed to run 20 miles and it's pretty easy to say whether or not you got those 20 miles in or not with some of the skills that we're learning here, it's, I think, a little bit more challenging to really know how well you're tracking. So what are some of the things that you do to see how well you're tracking against those those goals?
2: Um, yep, yeah, great question. I, I love feedback. I try really hard to ask for it from above and below. Um, and checking in with the people that are at my level is just as important, making sure that Uh, if I'm gathering new knowledge or if one of my coworkers that's on the same track as me is in the same boat, we're exchanging that knowledge between each other. But um, making sure that you're taking feedback into account, you're asking for it often, I think is the easiest way to figure out if you're on track. Um, There's always a mid-year review, an annual review, but that, that doesn't always cut it. I mean, making sure that you know how you're doing at any point in time is usually dependent on how your team thinks of you. So if you know that, you're usually in a good spot.
1: Well, one of the things that I was going to ask is your, your big goal and this is what we kind of centered our discussion around is the Ironman and now you've done the Ironman. So what's the next big goal?
2: <laughs> um, that That's a great question. And one I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> um, i I am team slug. We start slow and taper off. We we are not out there winning medals. Um, my I think my goal is to take it back to the shorter distances and try to gain some speed. Um, it's hard to shift out of, well, I rode 120 miles one weekend last summer, and now I'm going to run three really fast miles. Right. But you're gaining the same, a different fitness, but you're still hitting goals that you should be hitting if it's what you want to do. So I think that's where I'm going next. Well, we'll see. I'm sure someone will peer pressure me into doing another long distance race and I'll probably (laughs) sign up. (laughs)
1: That's great. And then we had talked a little bit earlier about some of the benefits of, of training. <clears throat> and when you're training, um, you get to do certain things more that you don't normally get to uh, really indulge yourselves in. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things you get to do that are, that are fun and extra, the perks of training?
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the ways I would uh, mentally get myself through a bike ride is knowing that I could go get a number two from McDonald's as soon as I was done. (laughs) So usually I'd be planning where the closest one was when I was done and how much I could eat and how fast. (laughs) That was definitely the best part of training, and I miss it every day.
1: (laughs) So now that you're not training, you you don't indulge in those things anymore because that was part of your training routine.
2: It was part of my training routine. It was part of my nutrition plan, and truly, I needed the calories so I could justify it. But not so much right now. <laughs> I, mean,
0: well, I think it's interesting too. It's sometimes it's whatever it takes to motivate you to push through, right? It could be yeah. how are you going to celebrate after you're done, or you know, just knowing that you accomplished that. I think either way, it's um, it's it's finding that motivation to to push through in that moment. Yeah. So, and the other thing that you had mentioned at the very beginning was the importance of having your team and joining that team to to help you on your the pursuit of your Ironman. And so how do you think that correlates, again, to your career goals and the importance of the people you're surrounded with every day kind of pushing you along?
2: Yeah, uh good question. I I think I'm really lucky. I started here. I moved to D C the D C area without knowing anybody and my coworkers have become my closest friends. Um I was a bridesmaid in an old coworker's wedding last year. We're going to another one in March. It's it's just exciting to to have that team here. Um and I think that's that, that's the best thing ever. So I've, I've surrounded myself with people that I genuinely like, which is always a win. You don't always <laughs> get that with coworkers. Right. Um, right. My, the management team, at least in the mid Atlantic, from what I've experienced, I, I really trust the people that I work for. Um, and I think that is a really big deal. Um, I, I feel comfortable going to them with questions or if I have a concern about something, I don't feel like anyone would shoo me away or brush me off. Um, that's huge, and that's that's my favorite part about being here frankly um and it's it really goes back to that team thing i'm a I'm a big team player. I like to consider my like reach goal is I want to be some sort of assistant coach in whatever field I'm in. I don't need to be the person whose name is on the title. I just want to be there like helping yeah. charge up everybody and get the people going so um we have that here, and it's it's pretty great.
1: What words of wisdom would you have for anyone just starting out as like a PE, somebody new at Southland, or something that could easily translate to somebody just starting out in in triathlons? What's the best advice that you could give that would scope both areas?
2: Um, No question is a stupid question, and don't show up hungry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love that. That's hilarious. It's true, though, right? You need to keep your energy Very up, true. whether you're going to run or you're going to go into a really tough meeting. Like if you're yep. <laughs> if you're hungry, you're not going to get the right. the outcome that you want. So, I love it. Well, this has been great, Juliana. We really appreciate your time today. Do you have any final thoughts before we kind of wrap anything this up?
2: Um. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun to talk about. It's my favorite topic. Um. And I think I'm good. I think that's all I had to say. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, we appreciate it, and best of luck in your in your next venture, whatever that is. If it's going back to get a little faster in those five Ks, <laughs> or hitting back to an Ironman, so best or, of
1: luck. Or maybe it's competitive eating. I mean, there eating. would be something that you, you could mix know. in the that level of numbers.
2: Sounds number two. much more appealing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Awesome. You know, I think the thing that resonated the most with me was talking about how setting and reaching those intermediate milestones really helped with her confidence for being able to tackle those longer distances. You know, biking 100 miles sounds pretty daunting when you're starting at zero, but if you're gradually building up over time and you get to 80, 90 miles, you know, suddenly 100 doesn't seem so far out of reach. I would agree with
1: you. I think the thing that maybe resonated with me the most is if I work out that much, I can eat all the McDonald's that I want. So. Or maybe not McDonald's, maybe, you know, something a little bit uh, better. But, yeah, definitely it's amazing how, you know, when you push your body to those limits, the, the types of calories and uh, things that you can do differently. So
0: Yeah, 100%. The same is true from our professional lives, like as far as meeting those little milestones. Like set that long-term vision, break it down into those smaller milestones, and it helps you build your confidence that you can take on those challenges when they arise because you've done it before. And then you can start to plan for and tackle even bigger challenges down the road.